Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Ashilda as she travels the Earth and arrive at episode number 269. 10,000 hours is all it takes to master any skill. 20,000 and you're the best in the world. Over 100,000, you're the best there's ever been. Guys, we've got a long way to go on this podcast. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Feels like 100,000 hours. <laughs> Ouch. No, I... <laughs> Some that's why our, I started cutting. That's them why down. you started cutting them down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, there's a couple of listeners going, "Yeah." <laughs> Some of those who have gone back and mainlined them all. <laughs> I disagree. I think we should be really good at this point. <laughs> you think we've at least hit the uh, ten thousand hour mark? God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, let's see how many. Two hundred and fifty-nine. Two hundred sixty-nine. That's 269 hours. Some of them you have to take times two or three. No. No, not good. (laughs) Not not (laughs) Not even even close. Not even there yet. Maybe five. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're somewhere between. Oh, we haven't even mastered a skill yet. No, we've got a long long way to go. Oh, I slammed that on the table again. Didn't I? I'm going to move it over here. Then I'll be looking for my book here in five minutes going, where is it? Where'd it go? Did you guys have a good week? You got We've all got new mics now, so it picks everything <laughs> up. It's going to creep in the bag. That's yeah, right. Not it's allowed Easter. To bring, sorry, no, uh, no food. Can't bring any food to the table. It picks right. it up now. Why would you do that? Bring food to the table? I'll crinkle it in somebody's ear like that. <laughs> I'm just mocking your uh, chips the first podcast we ever did. I'm going to bring out chips in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stop you from eating them. <laughs> I did not eat any. You sat clear across the room on your microphone with your bag of chips next to the fan. <laughs> I did. I was a little like Peter in that episode of Family Guy. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Did you guys do anything fun this week? I uh, did my taxes. Oh, you mean fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got my taxes figured and filed this week. Well, I did it. I didn't get them done. I did them mm. this weekend. Good luck money, with that. Getting money back from the government, so that's good. Woo. It's always good. Well, from the federal government, I owe the state. I think which everybody is, owes typical. the state. It's, I got 78 whole dollars back from the state oh, this year. Oh, look at you. He's not married. He has no kids. <laughs> which I, I spent on toys. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriately enough. Um, Glenn, you're getting money back from the government. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. Are you sure you want to do that? Yes. Well, I mean, because it's Disney World. <laughs> well, I, I get because I'm, I'm I'm chomping at the bit. I am. There's so no doubt in my mind that I want to go. Does Glenn want to go to Disney this World? It's a, a, a silly question. There's no doubt. I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to go. But then they announced, oh, we're going to put Avatar Land over here in in, in the Wild Kingdom. Oh, and we're going to do Star Wars Land. It's like I got to wait now. But I can't did, go now. We just went three years ago, and I'm going back. So I mean, he'll go back. I'll go back again open. in two years. Yeah, but would you rather probably... just have it all be nope. done? No. Mm-hmm. What else we do this week? Uh-huh. Uh, we, let's talk about Empowercon yeah. now. Why, yeah. why not Empower Comic Con? Little two day event that we had here in Topeka. Um, kind of a idea that was launched from TopCon last year. And uh, was put together, I think, kind of hurriedly, but it didn't feel like it, it had really been put didn't. together hurriedly. 
They got uh, some good guests in my They opinion. did. I really not not to put down TopCon at all because I think everybody's learning. Everybody's learning as they grow, and as we talked about with TopCon, it was existentially better than it was the year before because you learn every time you put it on. I think Empower Comic Con had the benefit of learning from TopCon. Yeah, and I think TopCon standing on the shoulders of giants. Kind of. <laughs> I think Empower Comic Con was was so well organized. I mean, as far as structure and layout, and now it had a very good venue too. The the main yeah. conference center at the Kansas Expo Center is a good location. The exhibit hall I thought was laid out really well. The exhibitors were placed very well. Um, the With the rooms, space I think, the rooms were very. They're spacious. They're good. They they utilized the rooms in the right way. So the sizes I think were. Uh, adequate for for the rooms. And the other a lot nice of variety thing, of options. The other too. nice thing is, as a, as opposed to TopCon that, that is at the Romana end, the uh, rooms at uh, this one at the Expo Center are all right there together. So you're not going clear across or upstairs or downstairs. Or, yeah. You know, up, down, left, right. You're going. Everything is right, kind of like there and easy to find. And so I think that benefited from the. Sad thing about this con was it just didn't feel like there was as many people. I don't think a lot yeah. of people knew about it. Was it. Well I just don't think it was as well advertised as Top Con. Um, I hope that they got the number that they that magic number in order to continue this from year to year, because I would love to see them do it again. Uh, and I think that now <clears throat> I think Top Con gets the benefit of looking at this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. And going, okay, this is what we can use here and what we can tweak and do better. Uh, than they did, or, or you know, so everybody they're building on each other, and I like that cooperation oh, yeah. and that coercion. I think that works really well for our benefits. Well, it's, I think it works well too having them, you know, in October and February. They're far enough apart that you yep. know, because it's almost six months yep. that you can. That, that there's not a lot of competition there, and because a lot of the same staff are, you know, working to help out and you know. And build off of one another and bridge off of that. I think TopCon will be good this year because they don't have the, the wedding well, yeah, that, that ate up a lot of the hotel lot. space. So I think that'll that'll help recentralize everything um, downtown versus upstairs and, and all that stuff because they'll actually have access to the other ballrooms. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this was I, I thought it was a good event. I I, I feel like the, the dealers room was was uh, was pretty good. They had a, a, a nice variety of vendors. They had a good layout. And it was spacious while it didn't feel cavernous. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. there, there was a lot <coughs> of stuff to do. It didn't feel empty at all. I think their programming track probably could have used a little work. It didn't seem like, a, aside from the handful of... It was... It, it was the, the programming was mostly meetups. Yeah. Which, it's great to have a, hand, a couple of those, but it's... The, the meetups didn't seem very well attended either, from what I saw. That I, I think people tend to want to go sit in and listen to people more than occasionally meet up with other people. Because, I sort of got the because you do that a lot on the floor just by what T-shirts and costumes and yeah. stuff. I get the impression that, that because they were trying to fill two days that those maybe were kind of filler. Yeah. And they may, maybe don't necessarily need those if they can broaden out the program track. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. if they could broaden that out, I think it would be a really, really wonderful con. And what I also like, really like about this one is it, a lot of it goes to charity. It is um, like your ticket price goes – some of the ticket price went to Connie's Closet. Uh, I, think, I believe it's a local charity to help um, – you area kids age six through high school uh, 
with clothings and things to make them feel more comfortable with themselves. So it's a really good message to have for a convention, especially in a group of people that are usually very accepting of everybody. It's a great message to try to put out there too. Well, and and many of us were social outcasts in the day before, you know, geek culture was really kind of a thing. And so I think it, it kind of embraces that idea of, of empowerment and, and uh, trying to, to continue to step away from that, that, that geek shaming, shaming that we grew up with. Oh, yeah. That was, that was very unfortunate for us, but it's a benefit now that, that a lot of people are, are embracing the geek culture. And it, it, it certainly helps to have a, a convention that then learns from what we maybe went through when we were younger and be and able applies to, it to modern yes. uh, uses. I think that they can continue to uh, partner with charities like that. I think it would be, if, if not Connie's Closet next year, maybe another similar one or something like that. That's one of the things I've always appreciated about Galley is that they always have the, the silent auction or the not-so-silent auction. I don't remember how it worked, but you know, the, every year they <laughs> the pick auction. a the, the auction, every year they pick a new charity to, get to, 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 to put money towards and stuff like that. And apparently this year they more than doubled. They I read, I don't remember, I don't have the report in front of me, but they blew it out of the water from last mm-hmm. year and they were just flabbergasted with how much money they raised. So that was that was very, very cool for them. Um, but yeah, kind of the same deal with this. I'm, I'm glad that it went over and I, I hope, as you said, Glenn, that it, you know, hopefully we'll be doing this again next year because it was, it was a good time. It really was. And if I you were in the area and you came down, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you weren't, please make sure to check their website and Facebook page and, and see if you can get on it for next and, year. And hopefully we can be a little <laughs> more involved next year as well. Yeah. So that'll be... We did get to uh, host the meetups. We unfortunately didn't have anybody in our meetup group today, but we had... Uh, a few uh, uh, nice people that came in yesterday and yeah. all kind of sat around and chatted about Doctor Who and our favorite things about it. It was encouraging, too, to see the, the little one that was the younger gal. She was yeah. nine, I think. Nine or ten. Nine or ten. And uh, dressed as a uh, Solarian, I believe. Madame Bastra. Bastra, specifically. And uh, yeah, I came in there a little late because I had to get, forgot I didn't get money before I went and I needed cash. <laughs> So it was encouraging to see young fan in there as well. Yeah. And the other girl must have been, what, high school age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you found us through Empowercon, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for listening. All right. Let's move on then to our news segment. Well, this isn't Doctor Who news, but it's Torchwood news. No, all in the family. Eve Miles is saying goodbye to Gwen Cooper. So, recently on... Okay, so I'm trying to figure out where this originally came from. I think it was uh, a Twitter conversation yeah, originally. It was, it was a Twitter conversation. Because that's where all the news breaks, is Twitter. <laughs> that's the world we live in now, guys. Yeah. Uh, she said that she had been honored to work with... Uh, Guy Adams, who wrote a Torchwood novel, and then the most recent, which just came out, Torchwood Audio, starring Eve Miles, more than this, which ends the first season. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with why she's leaving. I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know. Um, She's honored to work with the author, but unsure about reprising the character of Gwen Cooper anymore. This isn't she described as a bittersweet. In different tweets, she said... Uh, somebody had tweeted her, uh, so many people still asking, such a waste for there not to be more Torchwood. 
she responded, Yeah, well, I've made up my mind, and Gwen Cooper is now laid to rest. Thanks, guys, for li- loving slash hating her. Uh, somebody else said, Torchwood won't be the same without her. And she said, Well, my love, I'm stopping. I'm never playing my lady again. Thank you all. And she later tweeted, Thank you, massive goodbye, GC. So what do you think of Eve not doing any more Torchwood or... Two words. Tom Baker. <laughs> it's kind of my I thought. When she needs the money, she'll come back. I think what happens is... <clears throat> they put the characters to rest, and that's fine. That's It's quite all right. Yeah. It's not a problem. You Sometimes you got to step away from something you've been doing for you know the better part of ten years in some form or another. I think that ultimately actors and actresses will decide that I don't even think it's a money thing. I think sometimes it's a, you know, it, the time's right to, to revisit this. I think that's happened oh, yeah. with a lot of Doctor Who, especially in Big Finish. It happened with Harrison Ford in Star Wars. He was done. It, there was no coming back. I never believed that. I don't believe that of, of uh, Eve Miles. I don't, I, I, think, I, think she's done, I think she's done for now, but I don't yeah. think there's well, any... Keep in mind, too, that with, with Ad, Torchwood, you know, that we've got... Okay, so here's the show, and it's on, and then it's gone. And then it comes over, and we get Miracle Day a couple years later, and then it's gone. And then it's kind of in that weird, nebulous, are we doing more Torchwood or not? And it's 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 never been officially, now we're done. Yeah. Stars would like to do more. We can't get RTD on it's, it's the word with finish. it. You know, so Big Finish is kind of stepping in to fill this. We've had the books. We've had Big Finish now, and... As as a, an actor on the show, to have to go through that kind of roller coaster ride of not knowing is there really going to be more or not, and then keep getting these little morsels of oh we're, we're going to do this, oh we're going to do this, and and so you go and you do it. I think it's probably to that point where it's like eh okay it's 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 time to put this to bed, and I'm going to step away from it. I guarantee you, if Stars called her up tomorrow and said okay we've got RTD on board, we've got John Barman on board, we're doing another season of Torchwood, she'd be back. I mean I just I but you you address that coming from a point that. She's not an actress. She's somebody that's like just fed up with the fact that she's been left hanging on torture and what they're doing. I don't think that's the case. Well, I don't, actors, I don't think it's the case either. Actors but act. They move from job to job. They go right. to different things. And I don't think it's a matter of her saying that with any sort of spite to maybe no, try no, no, to no. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's that either. I, I think it, I think it's just a matter. It's, it's kind of like the Firefly group when everybody has when we do another Firefly and everybody's like, well, we'd all like to, and then nothing happens. They've they settled. They've, they've settled into that realization that. I've got to go get another gig. I'm going to go do another job. And she's done that. She's she's worked in other things. But she's not waiting around. It, it, it's it's unlike Firefly, which has not reared its head other than the specter of it. Torchwood well, keeps kind of coming up going, well, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you this. So, so there's that, you know, a little stab with the, oh, I'm doing Torchwood, but it's not really Torchwood. It's, it's pseudo-Torchwood. And so it's, I don't I don't think it's any spite in it at all. I don't mean to imply that. I just mean that I think that she's probably done waiting, and decided I'm not well, going, I'm not going to hold my it's, breath. It's, it's, it's coming back. I'm just going to go ahead and put it to bed now, and I'll be the decision maker. I on think that. It's, it's. I think interesting it's interesting with considering that toward the audios are going forward, and they just released the final one of season one. Season one. I don't know if she came yeah, back and recorded anything else for season two. So that's what that's what makes me wonder why is yeah. It's not she's not waiting around to do more torture. She's doing more torture. Exactly. And even I, if it's I, in a different I kind format. of approach it from that aspect as well because yeah, it's not like 
I mean, Torchwood's been around in some form or another in Big Finish. It, it seems she's done other audios that, before that. She's that. just ready to do other things, and she's done with Torchwood. That's what it seems to me. She's I mean, moving on to her next job. We don't job. know what happens. They I don't may kill the character. I don't think it's of course the first season too. Yanto was in the first season, so I think the other. I think the other thing that we have <laughs> you to can die and come back. I think the other thing we have to do is take ourselves out of being from the fan position because we're the only ones going. Is Torchwood coming back? Oh, there's little. There's a little hope that Torchwood's coming back. Well, there's like no executive going. Oh, can we get it? Can we get? Oh, that's it. Now it's really based on whether the cards play right, whether it works for them financially. I mean, it's 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 all a business, and so. We're the ones that the, – the reason the Firefly gang do the – well, you know, we're really chomping to do another one. But the, the the reason they do that is because the fans keep going, hey, when will we get more Firefly? Yeah, that, it's, Can we get more it's fi- always spurred it's from always questions. From, it's always spurred from us. Those guys are off doing thousands of other projects in all different versions. We just saw – what's her name in uh, Deadpool? Uh, you know, just <laughs> I mean, they're all they all have other projects, and and even if they have a deep down love for the series, which I genuinely believe they do, because they come across that way. It's not like they're waiting around; it's us that are waiting around for it to come back. It's not them waiting around to get it done. Yeah. So I think it's a, I think it's a whole different perspective, and I so I think that's that at least lends to the fact that she's not <clears throat> doing it because there's been this question. Or maybe she is doing it because she keeps getting the question, when is Torchwood coming back? So it's easier to say, Gwen's done. I'm done. You know, Maybe it's just easier that, to phrase it that really way awesome. so she can stave off the continual questions from the fans that keep going, hey, when's Torchwood coming back? Because no executive in their right mind is going to put their nail in a, the death nail in a project ever again. Especially because now we've got X Files back on the air. <laughs> Look at all this stuff that's coming. Oh, yeah. Research uh, Heroes came back to television. It didn't do well, but it came back. Full so House is coming. They back? are never going to say, "Okay, this is it. We're done and finished." There will never be this. No one's ever going to say executive that. The executive won't do because, that. Exactly. The creator might. They might. But they, they're not going to do that because I think we've got Twin Peaks coming back this year too. That no one's ever going to say that because now there are those opportunities to resurrect old series. Day, based on the fact that fans want them. Right, but even George Lucas said, okay, we're all the I'm, I'm done with Star Wars. Yeah. There will be no more Star Wars. Oh, and then I sold the company, and the yeah, very and first then, announcement was, hey, we're going to make more Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, that, that's why I know that going into that. Yeah. So. so even the creator is not... And to, never say never again, because again... Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford and Tom Baker both have came back to roles that they said I'm done with forever. So, it's, <laughs> to me, it's a non-new, and it's it's worth talking about. Not this is not aimed at you for bringing this into the news, the, but to me, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not yeah. a news story. It's it's it is a it's a humble, interesting speculation. <laughs> Would it be more of a news story if it was John Barrowman saying I'll never um, Captain Jack is done and good night and in. Fan circuits, yeah, it would be a bigger deal, maybe, but it's not a bigger. It's the, it'd story. be the it same thing. Any, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I'm just curious. Just, just maybe more people would be. I think, uh, all in all fairness to Eve Miles, I think John Barrowman is probably a more prominence in the Torchwood. See, I feel that way too. But there, there are fans out there that will look at Torchwood and say it's Gwen's story. Oh, I think. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I think it you is. know, it, I think it Jack is just kind of happens to be the window dressing of. The, the the framework, um, but oh, it's, yeah. you know it's Gwen's story from top to bottom, and so maybe her coming out and saying I'm done with Gwen Cooper is a little bit more of a death nail. 
for no, I don't think it is because in, versus Jack. Could just, but you, like I said, you can go either do, way. They almost do a soft finish. reboot and bring in some, a new eight, uh, a new and big yeah. finish win. for as long as they have good writing and the license are going to continue to do Torchwood, whether that's around surrounds Quinn Cooper yeah. or not. Oh yeah, the I've, I've actually listened to the first two of the season. And Doctor Who didn't end with William Hartnell. That's true. That's true. Uh, and they're they're not multicast recordings. They're not. It's not Jack and Yanto. It's been Jack, a couple other other people that new characters, Yanto, and another character that's brand new. It's not been a a full blown the whole teams together. So are they still skipping? Time, I mean, is, is, no, Yon, is Yanto back because he's back, or is it Yanto? It's I, I, I kind of don't want to know because I don't want to be spoiled. Set, but it's set before then he's, don't ask because I don't want to know either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can't stop to go. It's set. No, you're all right. <laughs> it's, it's not entirely clear when it's set. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was diplomatic. Good job. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm being completely honest. It's not entirely clear when it's set. <laughs> I know I have a good idea. Wait, that's why we need a video podcast. Your gags are always sight gags. I know. <laughs> the sound effect didn't quite sell it. <laughs> I just gave Keith a, a BB-8 thumbs up. But for, for those of you that are going, what was that hissing noise? <laughs> what do we have that's new? You're talking about Twitter. <coughs> being where everything breaks. Twitter's new motto ought to be, all the news that's fit to print. And 140 characters. <laughs> Until they extend the character limit. <laughs> That's it in the news. In other news, did you know that we have a Tumblr page? Yes, we do. I didn't. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> I'm totally... For, more, out more Mitch yet? is out there going, oh, thanks. <laughs> Ignore me. I'm, I'm still hopped up on cough syrup and cold medicine and... No, but Pinterest thought I should be Keith's friend this week, which I thought was very nice of Pinterest. I've, I've been following you for years. <laughs> <laughs> what, like stalking me? Oh, yeah. Oh. Out I, the bushes. And am, I, am I interested? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> the closest he got was when he roomed with you. <laughs> that was intense surveillance. It was... <laughs> You were getting suspicious, so he got a wife and backed off. (laughs) It was actually really hard because he was always at Mel's place. You did kind of come in on the hind end of that, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) That's it, news. We do have a Doctor Who Legacy tip of the week. That's more news than tip, but... (laughs) Uh, The Husbands of River Song Director's Cut came out. If you have not seen that, it's kind of like the Sonic Adventures and the kids area. You pay, I can't remember how much, two ninety nine. I think it's re- reduced at the moment, and you get ten levels and um, a bunch of a character one hundred percent drops, and you can play through a director's cut of that story. So a director's cut of the level, I guess. Premium, premium yeah. content. Yeah, groovy. So more content for you to uh, consume if you're caught up on all your story levels. Glenn, have you beaten it yet? I haven't even downloaded it yet. I, I haven't. What? Been, I haven't been back into Doctor Who Legacy for weeks and weeks and weeks. I need to get back on board. It's, uh, there was nothing, nothing except for I just got away from it. So eventually I'll come back to it, catch everything up. And 
play through everything. I'm still on my hiatus, but I, I blame my my device for not keeping up. Well, with that's me. what I was doing. I was blaming mine. Then I got an iPhone six and can play it with no problem. I just don't do it. Now. I'm used to the big screen now. <laughs> I, don't, I, re, I watch. Go. I watch Mel play on hers, and it's like, no, I, I, I like big jewels and lots of room to move around. I don't think I could go to a smaller screen. I played on my little iPhone uh, four forever before I went and decided. Oh, See, going going from a small to a bigger screen, I think would yeah, no problem. But going from a big one to a small, well, one, I did I, though. I, I I've gone back now to a small one. My next no, step I'm is I want to buy the arcade version. My Tiny Rebel, is, I'm still waiting for a Windows 10 app for it. Yeah. So yeah, Mike, he's got a really cool I got setup a really now. Big screen <laughs> to can, play that he on. You can play it great on this. You should see Candy Crush on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> My time is sucked dry by uh, Disney Disney Zoom Zoom still. So highly, Disney highly addictive game Zoom Zoom. You know the oh, the pill pill uh, yeah looking Characters. stuffed animals. They've got a. App game. If it makes the guys at, at, at uh, Legacy feel any better, I'm also not playing uh, uh, SimCity anymore. But for the same reason, my my my, my pad just doesn't. Oh, yeah. It's just gotten to the point where the, the updates were like, okay, you could have got one of those crash. for two thirds more than what you bought that for. I could have, but then you wouldn't sound as good. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got to have a better mic than us. I, I knew this was going to be a thing. I shouldn't have done it. I should have just stuck no, with the no. Samsung because I knew you guys were going to be like, oh, keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> Passing us by. Not serious. Yeah. <laughs> that was our Dr. Who legacy. just a sexy mic. I couldn't turn yeah, it down. It Tip of the week. Have you Instagrammed your mic yet? I have not Instagrammed the mic. <laughs> you going to do that in my face? <laughs> Oh, uh, feedback. I don't know where my phone's at. <laughs> I use your phone. Okay. <laughs> Instagram this from your account. Let's <laughs> have you turn it right side up. Turn it on for me. Do the thing. There you go. Thanks. Read your feedback. Feedback comes from Mark. Hi, Mark. Mark writes, big finish. Where to jump in? Are you going sideways on the Instagram? <laughs> see, that way I got the whole mic in there. Ah, ah Corner to corner, baby. Uh, it's been a while since I've listened to the show. Not a bad thing. Just gives me plenty to binge on. like the new shorter format. Well, this is not why I'm writing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm teasing everybody with a shorter format gripe. I really am. It makes me go to bed earlier, which I'm not happy about. That's the only complaint I really have. <laughs> I was after your advice on where to jump in on the Big Finish pool. To give you some background, to maybe aid your advice, my doctor is four, but I did enjoy the War Doctor. I have heard some uh, Big Finish audio, mainly eight and six, who I gained an appreciation for from what little I heard. So where should I begin? Cheers, Mark from Nottingham. It's that Mark, not Mark McMarmite. Not McMarmite. Um, I if if you like the War Doctor, uh, the War Doctor first box sets out, jump into that. Or season one. Sure, sure, sure. recommend something you haven't listened to yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. It's got John Hurt in it. Yeah, season it can't be bad. Season one of uh, the Fourth Doctor Adventures would be. 
was we we listened to that one. And that's like, a that's a good one. That's a good start, especially if you're if you really like the fourth. And Doctor. it's a little. I don't think you have to really like the fourth Doctor, but he. I, I feel like Tom, with the exception of maybe his voice changed a little bit. Keith or Keith Sean had a little bit of a different opinion when we reviewed it, but I felt like he just kind of picked up where he left off. I didn't feel like it was. It, it really when I listened to yeah. it, I felt like oh, this is a fourth Doctor. This is a fourth Doctor story. Um, and it's a little easier to digest those than trying to tackle the big main range. I think that at the point now that, that the main range is plus 200 stories now, I think that back in the day, it felt like you kind of need to go back to the beginning and start from there. I think now that it's gotten so big and there's such variety in the storytelling and th- th- things continue, story themes continue, I think, to a point, but not on such a grand level that you would be missing anything. I think you can almost jump anywhere into the main range now and kind of pick and choose uh, stories in there. So what are some of the really good ones that we thought were uh, – we, we gave high marks to? I think Flip Flop I liked Flip Flop was a, a really good one. Um, of course, there's Spare Parts. Spare Parts is a fantastic story. So Jubilee if you're wanting to go in good. and kind of pick and choose, uh, that that's a good way to do it too because I think if you get into the main line, you kind of get some of the flavor of what they're doing and how how it how it's formatted and, and, and kind of some really good storytelling in there. And then from that point, if you pick some of those really good stories, then you can start to either go in and fill in the gaps as far as the main range goes or then go and start picking up series one of, of uh, uh, the fourth Doctor Adventures, or the even even I think the first what we've heard of the first and part of the second series of the eighth Doctor Adventures. Yeah, you can jump. If you're a fan of the eighth yeah. Doctor, jump in and do those because they're only six or eight episode long seasons. Eight episode long seasons. Four so of them. It's real manageable. They're 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 both are are short. They're they're, yeah, they're hour less than an hour. Format. Yeah, each one. You could also look at it from the. I mean, you, you, you can look at the format. And do you, you know, do you want to do the hour long? Are you more used to a new Who format where you're 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 looking an hour long, or are you looking at more of the classic uh, Who? Or if you, if you don't care, um, go kind of what we do with Keith is we try and go through with companions. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to say is if if you don't recognize a companion name, um, maybe shy away from it until you, you get some of the other ones in because I wouldn't want you to jump in and pick up like Zagreus say. And yeah, kind of the middle, bad, bad the, point to get in. The, the middle of Charlie's arc. You don't want to do that, or even I don't having not or for that Airmen. Matter. Yeah, yeah, uh, or even to roof some extent. Roof of the world would be a bad one. Or was it Roof of the World that we just did with Airmen recently? Where I think that was one. That was one of the ones we did with of her recently. Where they were in Tibet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to lesser extent, Evelyn Smythe. Yes, I nope. think so. Towards yeah. the end is when it kind of gets a little. Uh, Easy on if you haven't been introduced to her before, but early stuff you can easily jump into. But there's a lot of stuff out there that's just the Fifth Doctor and Turlo. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that's just the Fifth Doctor and Nisa. If you're already familiar with Classic Who, you pick up one of those stories, you're going to find that you're going to you're you, you'll just you'll feel like you've there's been a lot of back into a classic Doctor Who story. Yeah, it's, it's, they're really well done and framed in in such a way that they don't have to, you don't have to have a continuing. Continuing theme. So that's that's There's the beauty of the way like, it's set up. Yeah, even some <clears throat> seven and Mel and six and Mel. I think if I remember correctly. If yeah. you haven't had, if you haven't done Light of the World, which was the fiftieth anniversary that's story, a, that's, that's a really good one. Light at the end. Sorry, not Light of the World. Light, and, of, the, yeah. light of the World's that church down the street. <laughs> light at the end. <laughs> uh, that's a really good one because it, it is a standalone story and it involves all of the doctors. 
all of the classic doctors that are still living. So it goes from fourth doctor all the way up to eighth doctor. Uh, that's there, there's even some story. cameos from doctors that are no longer yeah, living. First, second, and third too. So. But um, you know, if you've got a, a, a particular pairing that you're fond of, go seek those out and and, and see what you think. Yeah, you know, it's, that's the easy way to do it. Um, obviously, we've rattled off a host of ones that we've been fans of, and, and those are great ones to dip your toe into the water. And we've rattled off other. Sadly, ones. Sadly, I can I can remember more of the ones that I didn't care that much for than <laughs> the names of those than I can the ones that I did. Twilight. What was the one with the uh, the real early one with Colin Baker with the Solarians? That was a really good one. Blood tie. Blood tie. That was that's really good. good. I just re-listened to that that's, recently. That's early on. Um, and Darwin. Yeah, and and that's yeah. a great Evelyn story that you don't need any before Frank, or after. That's right. Yeah, Doctor Who and the Pirates. Yeah. If you like musicals, <laughs> Doctor yeah. Who and the Pirates is such a unique one. I wouldn't start there, but uh, that's certainly one that you could you could once you've listened to some Big Finish. Yeah. If you're if you're really new to Big Finish, that would be a good place to go. But or or again, at the very least, I think Keith's right. I think you could start with the the Fourth Doctor Adventures and just yeah. start from that's a, that's square a one and go there or or sort of the Eighth Doctor Adventures. Any of the early Eighth Doctor ones, with them. They're, they're just really so many, any Eighth Doctor. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> avoid the Divergent <laughs> universe until you work through your Charlie storyline. It, it's it's a lot like where do you start with Doctor Who? Uh, you know, just just pick just pick and jump. You know, you really can. I, I would I would personally I think I would start at the beginning of an arc, whether it was the Fourth Doctor Adventures, the Eighth Doctor Adventures, or pick a Doctor and start with a companion and just kind of run through. Well, if you're going to do Evelyn, Evelyn <laughs> stories, start with the first Evelyn story. Right. If you're going to start, if you're going to do Aramid stories, start, start with, with the first Aramid stories because there really is a continuing thing, especially with the companions that Big Finish has introduced because they have taken kind of ownership of those characters that they've oh, created yeah. and they've made sure that they've kind of uh, orchestrated a story arc around those particular characters. And then uh, that, that, that then peppers in uh, Perry and the Fifth Doctor, who we're already familiar with, so we kind of get it's. I, you almost consider him Araman's story because oh, yeah. Araman's learning and growing as a character throughout the story arcs. So. I'm assuming that's the same way with Hex. We haven't gotten enough yeah, of we, him we, yet. We, got we just started with Hex. So, oh, we did oh, just get Hex. The, the first story. Colditz. First story. Colditz is a good standard. Colditz is a good that's one. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Really good Seventh Doctor. Bang Bang a Boom was fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Oh, oh, that was an eighth Doctor. Richard. I was going. What was the one that was the uh, Top Gear knockoff? But that was that was actually the second I knew story he liked that in the one eighth Doctor. <laughs> <than you. laughs> well, it's stuck in. There. I didn't. I didn't say I didn't like it. In fact, I think I think I came out on the side he, of he. He came into it. it not liking it and left liking it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. You, I, I just didn't give it a dun dun dun, and he jumped down my throat and said I didn't like it, which you do every time I don't give something a dun. That's dun, right. <laughs> I'm the dun 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 guy. I like everything. Yeah. You like nothing. <laughs> What was a side trip we did that was based in kind of the uh, Virgin New Adventures uh, universe with the Seventh Doctor, Ace, and uh, Bernie? Benny. Uh, well, Bernie. we did we did uh, human Ace. or uh, oh, it was not human nature. Not, uh, uh, yeah, well, we did human nature because well, was, was in that. We read that. Yes. <laughs> Didn't we listen to that? Too? There's no oh, there was no audio for that. Story for that right. No, 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 no. That's not um, big finish. Um, you know what I'm talking. I know about. what you're talking about. Now. There was in actually the a couple of them. Yeah, there was actually a couple of them in the hotel. We, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, yes. they did the whole... I'm not crazy. I it was the crossover thing where they were the... the uh, they were at the, the cross-knit stitch they were convention. convention. Yes, and then yes. the, so that's, where the hotel, yeah. that's why I gave it to you. I said, yeah, yeah, I guess that's they true. They were at a hotel. 
That wasn't that wasn't the first thing I thought of, but okay. <laughs> the one in the hotel. They were in a convention um, center. No, it was a hotel because they went up many floors and fire escapes and. and been any big convention centers? Have you? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think they talked about rooms. There was a hotel. Hotel rooms and. They played out the whole plot in a in a hotel room before they went out to fight the bad guys. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'll give you that. And one. Ace went deaf. I can't for the life of me remember. So I cannot remember the name. Of it. Trying to never, look never mind that one, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. No, that was the one you didn't like. Oh, was that the one I didn't like? <laughs> oh, you're right. That's the one I didn't like. How do you the... remember it was in a hotel? <laughs> you can't remember you didn't like it. I'm new here. <laughs> and on a lot of drugs. And on a lot of drugs right now. <laughs> I'm trying to pull it up, but my computer's going. Legal, down. legal prescribed. Uh, yeah, I suppose we. Should, I suppose we talk. <laughs> well, it just occurred to me we didn't talk about that at the beginning. Of the I've podcast. been sick this week, so before anybody goes, oh, <laughs> no wonder he's more jovial this week. He's getting hard stuff. <laughs> Capital N, so, there's y, that. big Q. There is that. the Nyquil is talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to our review? Thanks, Mark. Go check out some Big Finish. Yeah. The Legends. Unhelpful as usual. (laughs) (laughs) The sound you're now hearing is me tearing pages out of the Traveling the Vortex recommendation. (laughs) Today is the day I should have died. Instead, I was reborn by my hero, a man called the Doctor. Is that where you're going? No. No. Well, I'll shut up then. I'm trying to pull up that audio still. Oh, you're still on that. <laughs> All right. The legends of Ashilda. Ashilda, a young Viking girl, died helping the doctor and Clara to save the village she loved. As And for her heroism, the doctor used alien technology to bring her back to life. Ashilda is now a mortal, the woman who lived. Since that day, Ashilda has kept journals to chronicle her extraordinary life. The Legends of Ashilda is a glimpse of some of those stories. The terrors she has faced, the battles she has won, and the treasures she has found. These are the tales of a woman who lived longer than she should have ever lived, and lost more than she can even remember. I like this, but I'm not going to dun-dun-dun. I'm going to give a mild dun-dun-dun. I'll go to that. We gotta have four duns because there's four stories. <laughs> oh well, <coughs> you have to done at the beginning of every one. The, the, fir- the dun, first one, done. <laughs> no wait, done, 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 done. That's my review. <laughs> so it's the Westminster Chimes. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> We're grandfather clocking on the vortex. I, you know, I look. I have to. I, I think there are stories in this that I enjoyed better than others. I think so too. But when I come to this as a whole, I, I kind of I, I if to look at this as a whole, I quite enjoyed it. And the reason I did is because I appreciate the idea that this story was that this book was doing. Um, and I I think I in my short synopsis on uh, Goodreads or my short review on Goodreads, I think I pointed out that the the what I liked about this is the first two stories really. Talk about Ashilda as a legend. It's the adventurer, and yeah, as an adventurer. And the second two stories are really delve into Ashilda as a character. It goes yeah. into her character, and it, that's a really good and, point. And, it, 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 and and so I like how the book. In fact, it's divided 
very well in the in the sense that the first story is sort of a you're not quite sure how much it's been embellished and i kind of like the aspect that it takes place so long ago and it's almost like uh, legend is is the the best word for this particular story because of the fact that legends throughout the years the older that they get the more fantastic or embellished or or wonderful or or over exaggerated they can be they can become and so i think that the who who wrote this one I don't want to give the first credit. one is james goss james goss i think took this idea of a story that has been passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. And you're not quite sure what's true and what's not. And I really like it from the aspect that it's a story within a story within a story as well. Because you're not meant to know that a shielder is the actual woman that, that married this king that is forcing her to entertain him and keep her entertained because this king particularly, every time he gets bored with a wife, he has them killed or he kills them <laughs> herself. himself. And so she's put in, she's thrust into a situation where she has to continually entertain the king because we feel like that if she doesn't, her life is in danger. And so she goes in and tells these stories about the, the times of, of ancient Persia and, and the Middle East, and it involves Sinbad the sailor, and it inv- you know the, 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 the stories get that real Sinbad treatment that I think we get from the, the films one. and the books. No, it's the first one. Sinbad. That's still the first one? Yeah. That we get from the films the, and the books. The, the, the second one is the pirates. And so the... The the, the 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 wonderful storytelling in it is that very swashbuckling adventurer, and I think that oh, you're okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each time that she that that they kind of weave in and out of each story, I think is is just really kind of done well in the legend of the adventure style. And it did take me a little while in this particular story to get used to that storytelling style. Yeah, it took but me a once while I got too. into it, I really quite enjoyed the story. I think they did a really good job in the introduction, too, of setting you up for what to expect in the book. Uh, the first two have come to you as a, a reader through a third party, and then these last two are straight from her journal. So I, I think that's a that's a clever way that they prepare you for it. And it, it, it felt slightly ironic that, at least when I was reading this, we were preparing for the crusade. This first story, because <laughs> it felt very the, the Middle Eastern setting and all these kind of, I don't know, just the trappings felt very similar to me. Uh, maybe it's just me. Um, I think I think it's mostly just the Middle Eastern setting. Well, that's I, that 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 ultimately is. Um, this would have been more. This would have been longer. This much longer. Well, before. this th- you equate this to. This would be Arabian Nights type period type yeah. storytelling, yeah. which equates to like Arthurian legend in in the the, in the UK. Uh, UK or the, yeah. in the English area. I think that the the events in this book, had they actually been true, or or what would be true of this book, is actually set after Norse time uh, when the Norse gods were the mythos, obviously because she's come from that. That, but prior, to, much prior to. Uh, the the uh, Crusades and, and that, so yeah. it would have been a time before it's, it's, that. It's, it's closer to it would, Latin. It would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. would have been ancient Persia. It probably would have been more uh, at the time that the uh, uh, 
what am I looking for? The the Spartans and the the even prior uh, the Roman Empire expanding. So you would have found that kind of yeah. era. I, 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 but I, the stories are embellished so much that you, it's hard, you it's, wonder if it's set later and told in, with embellishments from long ago. You know. Yeah. Well, and there, there are. It seems to me like the embellishments are early on, but not very big. And then later on, that, they get more and more grand. But I believe them more the bigger they get. <laughs> like I, I fully yeah. believe that this told us. The or I, I wouldn't necessarily be Egyptian, but whatever. Oh, well, it was Egyptian in this, right? Once, once they got to the city of brass, weren't they talking about Egyptian gods coming down yeah, and building that the pyramids? Would have been proud of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I fully believe that those were aliens coming down, and pretty much the way they presented it in this is that's why we have Egyptian gods, and that all of that in the city of brass and everything happened the way it did. I don't know. Just the grander it got, the more I, I I got sucked into it, and the more I believed it. I kind of I kind of agree with you because I was a little torn initially when when it was set up as the Sherzadi telling the tale. I was like, oh, okay. Well, obviously Sheila is Sherzadi. That makes sense because she's been around forever and she's going to know all these stories, even though it's however much later um, than the, the the Norse time frame that we start off with her. Um, but. I wasn't wowed by it, and I, I didn't like the storytelling. And it, it really was kind of the fact that, as you point out, that as a legend becomes legendary, as it as it steeps into legend and becomes what it is, that you don't know where it's where you stand with it. That was kind of the one saving grace that I had going into this story was that it just it just didn't work for me. But I kind of kept putting it into that well. We don't honestly know, so I'm going to allow them the benefit of the doubt to tell me the story the way that they're going to do it. And so then as it went on, there were parts of it that I was very frustrated with, like the City of Glass, or Brass, where it's like, so are these aliens or what? Because you didn't really, you know... Tell me for sure. You, you didn't you know. tell me for sure. I, I kind of want that, that, you know... You know me, I want, I want that want science. Answer. I want that science in my Doctor Who. I don't want it to be mystical. But you're just towing the line of whether or not well, it is or present, it isn't. And the way it's presented is it also comes across as she has to, we have to extrapolate because she's telling the story to somebody who wouldn't believe it if it was actually aliens. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, she has to, you know, you have to remember the audience. She's not telling me the story. She's right. telling the king she's the story. Yeah, so yeah, you've exactly. got to, you know, dumb it down or, or, or however you want to look at it. But then there were other elements that was like, okay, wait, now so Sinbad showed up? Well, that was early on. Oh, that was the part I had, I had the hardest time swallowing. Yeah. Just because it, he is a true fictional character, isn't he? He's uh-huh. not real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's part of why I was like, well, okay, so... Eh. We're, we're kind of blending the... Eh, and, and, you know, you were talking about... on the heels of Robin Hood. The, the Crusades, but then... <laughs> You're talking about with the Crusades preparing for it, and of course, all I'm flashing back to is when Patrick Troughton is going to show up in this story. Well, yeah, there was a little <laughs> bit of that of... of that Sinbad story. Yeah, the movie, I mean, it, 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 it felt very much like that Sinbad story. So I kind of went along with it, but it was just, I wasn't sure I was happy with it until it was over. And then I kind of just felt like, eh, okay, I'm glad that one's done with and I can move on to the rest of the book. It wasn't until I'd sat on it for a while that I kind of came back and went, 
okay, yeah, that was actually kind of cool. You know, that the, the, they, they told the story in the way that they did. And you're right, that, that opening was saying, this has been audio recorded from somebody who told us the story, that this is how it went down. There's enough give and take yeah. there that's like, eh, okay, yeah, I'm all right with it. I don't know, it just it, when I was reading it, I didn't like it. I just, it really went against what I was expecting or, or, or thinking was going to make a good Who story. Well, that's the thing. Is these aren't Who stories, too. So right, that's, that's one of the too. things I liked about the entire book is through much of it, Ashilda is morally ambiguous and questionable. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I was reading this and my mother-in-law asked about the book. And I t- kind of kind of tried to explain to her because she hasn't watched the show. And she, was, she said, is a good character then? I was like, well, maybe not necessarily, but that makes her interesting. She's a good character. She may not be a good guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a good girl. Yeah, she meant, she meant it as a good guy. Well, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the next story then in mind. The Fortunate Isles. Another legend, in my opinion. Uh, this one, uh, though, to me, felt a little more in line with a Doctor Who story. It really did. Just in the sense of the, the trappings and, and how... It's really kind of a mis- it's misleading because it feels like another earthbound uh, a shielder story in the sense that you sort of feel like it's based in reality and then it's not until it starts to get a little fantastical and we have the what we think is alien intervention and find out is actually future intervention <laughs> um, I kind of like that but I I like how as you get to the island, and they start finding the gold, and they start finding uh, the things that were sort of promised to them by this guy that they picked up along the way. Uh, that it just—it's sort of just grander and grander and grander, and more fascinating and more obscure and just it just uh, fantastical. And uh, I, I actually, when we got to the resolution of this, we find out first of all this guy that we've picked up is actually part of this ploy to draw people to this island in order to be a spectator sport for future observers. And it really turns into sort of a Hunger Games slash Survivor yeah, really uh, element to it, and uh, but with a life or death situation, and it 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 comes across as I I sort of you you want to put. You probably want to put a label on these people that have come to the future that, wow, how brutal and just really ripe with evil are these people (laughs) until it's kind of explained that they really sort of choose situations in history anyway that maybe didn't turn out favorable for the participants anyway. And so they're they're picking and choosing these events in order to because they don't survive anyway in history. So let's you know kind of make it interesting, and and use it to our own means and our own entertainment. And so you kind of you never really kind of like them or agree with them, but it almost soft sells the idea of what <laughs> they're not as horrific what, as it they're appears. not as horrific. It kind of tames them a little bit, not enough for you not to still dislike what they're doing. But uh, I thought it it opens that door of moral ambiguity. Yeah, absolutely. "Ah, Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly that. It's the nail on the head. And uh, but I really enjoy a shielder in this one because she just she really has kind of this air about her of this sense of adventure. I mean, she she stows away on this ship in order to make it to her next you know 
adventure reporter call or wherever she's going. Um, in fact, she's the- trying to sell what she had just procured before and ends up being sidetracked for this adventure, really. And uh, But she, she really... She develops a good relationship with the uh, – I don't remember what, what he was. It's kind of the second mate to the captain. She doesn't take oh, yeah. any crud from the cra- captain when he kind of you know dishes it to her. And the captain, I think, at one point until a certain point in the story kind of builds a respectful relationship oh, yeah. with They've her. They've a pretty good relationship. And so the, the relationship building and the characters in this are really, really – Fleshed out, and they—it feels like they connect really well, yeah. <laughs> and so it makes it even more uh, incredible when they're placed in a situation where they then have to be pitted against each other, and it really takes that turn. And I, I thought, again, I thought that was an enjoyable way to tell a piece of her story in such a different contrast to what we got first, and then in different contrast to what we get later in the book when the tone of the stories end up changing. So I I really like the aspect of it. And it, it it seemed like more of a suspense story for me, especially the whole mystery of the Island. And then the running from the, the dog creatures that were chasing (laughs) them, um, trying to thwart the different booby traps that were set out along the Island. Uh, the, the mutiny and the crew, the guys that, you know, suddenly decide, well, we're just going to get back. They, they they didn't show up, so we're just going to get back to the ship, and then that being their demise and fighting kinda, over it, fighting each other for it. You kind of grow to like all them. the pirates, and then they revert to their... And they not, revert to not, their human nature is what yeah, they, they do. They, yeah, they, they remind you we're pirates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they revert to stereotypes. Yeah, they're, like, they, oh. they, no... <laughs> We are. We've always been this way. You well, just kind of liked us, even though it's kind of like more, Captain Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even more so, though, that they revert to a base human nature of greed and survival and all that kind of stuff too. So the pirate codes, even at one point, kind of thrown out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> more like guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was another one that. So it starts off, and she's on the ship, and she's still away. She's trying to get to Seville. Okay. Seville. Five, I five days later, we're still at sea, and she's going, uh-oh. <laughs> and at that <laughs> point, <laughs> she's like, well, what about, well, maybe it's the such and such islands, or maybe, but why would any Spanish ship go there? And I'm thinking, you're going to the New World, girl. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I, I knew right there. So that, oh, we're, we're in a race, we're looking for this thing. And then we come across the ship, and we get to the island. And, and my, my first thought was, this kind of feels like another Sinbad story. We're just... Okay, so I'm, I'm still in. See, so it felt more like Treasure Island. To me. Yeah. Well, yeah, when, exactly. when they get to the island, exactly, it does. exactly. Because um, I, I, I just, you know, I just got out of the mindset of well, that story's over with with Sherazade, and now it's like, okay, I'm back in it again. But then once they get to the island, it does. The tone changed changed for me, and it went to the, this Treasure Island and this big high adventure. And I found myself really enjoying it. I didn't expect to, but I really, yeah, enjoyed, I really enjoyed that element too. of it. And, and then, then it changes tone again. And then it changed tone again, and I got angry because it was like, no, I liked what was going on. Why would you? And then I, I admonished myself for being angry because, well, this is the aliens. This is what you wanted out of the first story. <laughs> you wanted the concrete proof that there was something else going on. And, okay, yeah, all right. So I, I switched mental gears and was like, okay, cool, and went through the, the, the third half of it or the third part. And um, this story is kind of what helped soft sell me back on the first one. Okay. The, 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 bec- because of, as you said, it gets more and more grand, and as I got used to that, then it was like, okay, I kind of see what they were doing with, you know, 
this is the first story done better in my mind. You know, I, 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 I would agree. Just the, just the telling of the tale was was a, a little. Question is though, is that was that intentional, or were they turned? Were these authors turned loose with these stories, or with the with the idea of writing anthology pieces? Explaining the different lives and adventures of just said, children. Okay, here you go. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. And I think it's, really it's almost a happy ap- accident that the first two end up this way well, think, and the last two end up this way. I think that way. comes down to a little bit of In fact, I think that's editing. why the explainer is added into the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it kind of uh, – obviously they had some notes. Yeah, that, and that, obviously Justin had Richards had some in the last story to – at least had – Information from the first three to tie into yes, the it's, the it's obvious story. that yeah, yeah he was the outline editor in chief or whatever of this particular book, um, and and you know obviously leave it to himself to write the the anchor story because that, that's where the, the emotional meat is. We, we'll get well, there. I, I, it feels like the wrap up yeah. story more than the emotional meat. I think the, yeah, the story before that, the, the next one, story. yeah, yeah. That's the, the triple nine. The heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, the triple nine is the heavy. Which is the last one that he wrote? That was the one with the, the thing in the forest that they were trying oh, to get out. Yeah. The crashed. Well, <laughs> spoilers. The crashed spaceship <laughs> that we eventually get to the the. Uh, I've completely root of the rearranged problem. this whole book in my head. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the emotional heavy message. is. And, and, well, let's move on. I think that that that. that I thought this was going to be my least favorite of the stories in this when I first started reading it because I kind of felt... It took me a while to get used to the new format again. I I sort of felt the road we were traversing, knowing that Ishildur from the series, knowing that Ishildur had lost her children. See, I didn't think give us that actual story. And what she lost them to. And so I kept thinking, okay, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. We've just got to build to it. And so I was not enjoying the read because I sort of felt, okay, here we go. I'm going to learn what happened here. And it wasn't until I was probably about a third of the way through it, and or it's more like two two thirds of the way through it, because you kind of get the impression that the kids are safe, and then you're kind of you're questioning. Well, I know what happens. Where are yeah, we going with this? How is this going to get there? And when the the three doctors end up showing up, the scientists show up, and they have. I love the explanation for the masks because. I don't know if you guys know, during the time of the Black Plague, you see these long Kronos masks. Yeah. Those are actually masks that were worn in those days, and it was believed – it was basically a uh, primitive form of a gas mask. It was believed that by using that crow's nose that it would filter the uh, bubonic plague virus and would not allow it to enter the respiratory system of the per- person that was wearing it. And I love that the idea that comes from the fact that these this species actually had, whether it be a face mask helmet or that was actually a derivative of their face, I love that that's incorporated into this story as yeah. to kind of give a it's, little more of an alien aspect to it. why they had the, the face exactly. they did. Yeah. Um, but when these three scientists show up and we have this real character struggle within a shielder, and we we get that character that we got in The Girl Who Lived where she's wanting to go out and adventure. She's she's lived her time on Earth. She's you know, she wants something more than the family and the, the because she knows it's something that she can never have because it's such a 
drop in the bucket in her life. And for her to go through that and go through those emotions and finally realizing that her children would die alone and it's the mother's voice there that 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 comforts you and and softens you you know or family or somebody that reassures you and that they need that and that's what turns her back that was just when i got to that part i was like oh that made all of the trial and trauma and and depression in this story make this story worth it and make it work for me yeah i would agree with that it's one of those that Again, you set it up and you tell me the story that this is the story we're going to tell. And there's a part of my brain that goes, well, I already know how that comes out. Why do I want to slog through it? I, you know, it's going to be depressing. I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. But you read through it and you get wrapped up in it and you get so emotionally connected to to what's happening, even though you know, it's Titanic, the boat's going to sink <laughs> and you still are right there with it all the way up to the, you know. Up to the bit, and the introduction of the doctors, I thought was, was I agree with you, it was done really well. I liked the fact that there were this alien stuff that was going on, and that they were search actively searching for cures, and well, kind of searching. kind of searching for cures. Well, uh, they were, but for their own kind. But for, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and you know to get through all this, and then to get to the the heartbreak of when she gets um, you know brought in, and 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 you know, detained and, and tortured for supposedly being the one to release it all. Um, and then the realization later that they probably actually did with Rose, the rats probably did bring the plague to London. That's, that's the tragic thing. Yeah, I think of this oh, most is man. the fact that it was, she caused the bubonic plague. Yeah. And I mean, that's heavily presumed in this story. Yeah, It's never outright said, but right. it's assumed. I, and I thought it was presumed fairly early. You know, it was like, "Oh, look, mom, can I keep the rat?" It's like, "What are you doing with a rat?" It's, you know, it's almost. Well, we kind of get a confirmation later too. Yeah, yeah that's just do. it. It's, that's it's, when it's I almost, realize this is the it's later almost one. alluded to early on, and it's almost confirmed later on. Yeah, yeah. Or validated later. On. But so, so to, to go through all that and then go rushing home and find the kids really, yeah, they they weren't better. Yeah, they didn't make it. And and to kind of have her break to that point of okay fine now I'm going to leave and I will go with the aliens and I will go travel and I will get to do the thing and still not be able to do it that that was the the yeah that was the knife you know <laughs> the, the, oh that's, and and it, it justified the book and, and the storytelling and, and getting me into that tale because there's sometimes when it's like well we're going to tell this story I was like, okay, cool, but I mean, Star Wars is a good example of Rogue One, since this is set with the you know, the rebel spies who stole the Death Star plans. Well, I know at least one of them is going to make it out of this. <laughs> fundamentally. Hopefully they'll do it cleverly so we don't know which one. Yeah, fundamentally one of them is going to survive this, but maybe not, I don't know. But, you know, so I'm, there's a part of me that's kind of apprehensive about that telling of the story, but I'm still excited to hear a story that I don't necessarily, you know, I don't know. The, you may know the resolution, but you I don't know, know the how it I know the resolution, but I know who's the wife first. So you have to be really careful when you're setting up that kind of yeah. of thing. And so going into it, it was like, eh, I don't know. But it was done so well that coming out of it, I was like, yeah, this was, this was really well, well done. And it's a really great story, more so than anything else in the book. Uh, to help bridge that gap between the two actual televised stories. Yeah. Anybody who had issues with the stark changes between the two characters <laughs> that we get between Ashilda and me, 
this helps smooth any of that over. I think so too. And I, what's interesting, I would agree. I would agree. I, I came to this conclusion that the reason why she is the way she is in the woman who lived, and the reason she is so, in fact, this gives more weight to her passion to do whatever to get off the planet. Yeah, it really does, <laughs> especially since she was so close to getting that chance and then having it ripped away from her. What I found interesting is technically these two stories, the last one and this one are out of order. Did you guys notice that? I didn't notice that. This one's set 1348 and according to the story in the previous one 1485. So in the pirate story, she's already lost her children. I just found that interesting. In hindsight. I think they flip-flopped them because of the mood. Yeah, I think so too. You, you certainly couldn't put this third story where... <laughs> you couldn't put that second. It happens chronologically. I, I just Does, really does like that work story. for me? Just, it's wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey, Sean. Well, no, but uh, it's... Her character actions don't change anything. And really who knows doesn't. if that's truly why she was acting the way she did in the story. I mean, that's also a legend one, to some extent. Not as great as the first one. But it's I, been, I would agree with Keith. I don't think it changes the nature of her character. It's been over a hundred years at that point, too. So, but if you're if you're going to use the three knives, is it the three knives? If yeah. you're going to use that one to to bridge the gap in her character to becoming me, it doesn't matter because they both take place between. Mm-hmm. They just they're they're flip flopped. All of these all take place in between. All of them still take place in between. So, and in fact. In the pirate story, this, the, the, she's more disconnected. She's from, more like me, actually, yeah, because I, she's being the thief. Agreed. Okay, yeah. yeah then yeah. yes, it does. In the work. very beginning, yeah. okay, yeah, it does work. That's what I was concerned about. Is if it would, but yeah, no, I agree. You couldn't. You couldn't have the, the third story second. <laughs> doesn't, I, doesn't work there. I just came down to really, really liking this story. Uh, this, I, I did have trouble getting into the new format. But once she got to, they got to London. I just devoured the rest of this. It's exhausting, it's, though. It's, it's exhausting, so emotionally but it, draining. It's emotionally draining, but to some extent, because I I know how it's going. I know what has to happen. <laughs> it's somewhat emotionally satisfying. Well, it doesn't make it bad. And in fact, it, it, I agree. The, <clears throat> mo- the emotional satisfaction is is true because of my trepidation going into it, knowing what I know of it, and satisfy uh, satisfactorily. Uh, explaining that situation yeah. and building a story well, around that how still making it interesting. Do we get something mentioned on TV and then they do it in a story in a book and it's nowhere near as good as what you could have imagined? Imagine, yeah. And this is way better than I could have imagined. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and part of my enjoyment, I think, of it is I went into this book thinking, well, they're not going to do that. I don't think they'd go that far. And they went that far, and they did even better than I yeah. could ever ever thought. So I think that's part of why I enjoyed it so much, is they, they pushed that boundary that I didn't expect them to push. It certainly helps, too, that the girl that lived kind of skirts the yeah. topic. Does, doesn't directly address it, but skirts it with uh, clever references and, and, and wordplay. Yeah. And then the last story. <laughs> okay, the last story I enjoyed... But I was slightly disappointed with because I thought it was going one direction. It didn't go there. I thought we were going to meet the lion. And I thought that's what was going to be in the woods was her lion friend that promised to get her out. 
I thought that's where we were headed. Oh, with that I didn't even. Story. Yeah, I didn't no, that either, totally but way, way to set up your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, sixteen hundred had come and gone. I knew that the last story, the woman who lived was set in the sixteen hundreds. So I thought, oh, that's what we're going with this. That being said, I still enjoyed the story. It just was a little less because of my set expectations going I, in. I I'm liked, glad I didn't think of that because I would have really <laughs> come down on it harder than. I liked it. I, I think I liked it least of all of them. Really? And I, yeah, because I tie it, it for a second. It, to me, the story kind of meanders. It does until the end, and there's nothing that really grips you because we're we're we're, we're steeped in this mystery of what this is these and ghosts. these multiple attempts to try to uh, penetrate the barrier in order to get further in to find out what's at the center of this. So ultimately, to me, while I did not expect what was there, when I got there, I was not surprised by it. I would and agree with that. So, it, <laughs> it, 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 so the story meanders all the way up to the point that there's this mystery in this village, and they don't go there, and it's it, it meanders so much that I just I kept wanting. Let's just get there. Let's just get past these obstacles. And so the obstacles to me then didn't get any more. They 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 ran he the, the the author ramps them up a bit. Don't get me wrong, but it never ever got to a point where I didn't think I would or I, I thought I would walk away, no matter what would would. Well, and you, you have to know that coming forth post death of children, that's going to you be. You got to let the mood a little bit. You know that, that that's that's what she's going to come up against. She's going to have to face those ghosts literally. Right. And so when we don't get to it and we don't get to it and we don't get to it, you know, oh, come on. Because you, you know, know what her ultimate let's, let's hurry up and get to, to the ghost. Unless it was the doctor. That's the that's only other of, thing that would have been, oh, wait, wait, okay. when When Odin showed up, I thought it was going to be the doctor. I thought so, too. I, I was a little surprised I, I it was Odin. a little bit that it was yeah. going to be the doctor. In fact, I, I felt Odin was kind of a... Had it been the doctor, I think that would have worked better for me because I agree. she had already... It would shown more of her anger towards him... That we see in yeah. the woman who lived. I think she had already come to terms with the Odin character. Yeah. So why is that the ultimate obstacle to face again when you faced it with death? Yeah. It just. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, she, she faced the real Odin. Yeah. So the ghost of Odin is not a, in, in my mind, not a big deal. The ghost of her dead children, I get that. But the ghost of the Doctor, the idea that this is the force that's stopping you from leaving—that's that's the culmination of the journey, which is why. The woman who died. The woman who lived. Woman who lived. Girl who died. Woman who lived. It is so flipped, hardcore from the girl who lived. And and the, this book actually made me appreciate that second television story a little Agreed. bit more. Agreed. Yeah. And I liked it the yeah. first time, but you <laughs> were really I, hard I on it. I was really it, hard yeah. on it compared to the, the, the tonal shift. And, uh, you know, this, this explains a little bit of it. But I think having the doctor there would have been seminal to... Tying it in a little better with that, as opposed to Odin, which I felt was kind of just a hollow—I don't want to say an empty threat, but it, it felt like an empty threat. Well, again, she'd already overcome which, that obstacle. Yeah, and with she knew death. he was even so a false Odin the, at that point. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, so it, it, just, it didn't mean the anything. veil was was lifted, mm-hmm. and so there's no there. The, there's very little mystery left. There's no the, the danger doesn't seem as great once you once the doctor lifts the veil on what this really is and it just yeah i i was dissatisfied with that i wasn't dissatisfied with the 
resolution of this either. It just again when I got when they, we got there, I didn't expect it, but I was not surprised by it. So then it felt tropish to me. It felt flat, and yeah. so it just it was flat. And the satisfaction of the story is that she conquers her fears, that she helps the village in the long run, but the journey to the accomplishment was not enough to satisfy me for the story overall. So. And I, I wonder how much of that is placement. If this story is set earlier in the book, before the children die, maybe that's just it. It's coming off of the emotion. I mean, it, it doesn't work then, but if, if it happened and you didn't have the emotional heavy of the third story... And, and, and this one was set before it, then maybe it wouldn't have been quite as big of a... Because I was expecting a big, rousing finale. Yes, yeah. yeah and exactly. I didn't get it. It's not it's, that it's a bad story. It's an okay little story. And it, it, I, I, it's probably the weakest thing that Justin Richards has, has ever written, which kind of surprised me, because I like Justin Richards yeah. so much. <coughs> Excuse me. But it, it just, you know... And kind of like, I'm, I'm so glad I think of that with... <laughs> it's uh, man, I would have been hating. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get set up by that, or I would have been really disappointed because it would have been easily. She solved the, res- the the issue for the village. She wouldn't have to go back to the village, and they could go on forward. And I don't know. Yeah, but um, well, I think that maybe. That- I, and then I, once I finished it, I thought, oh, maybe that's the a story for volume two. See, I, I disagree. I don't. I don't think I want to see that because. The nice thing about this anthology is it's not a four-part anthology. It's a six-part anthology with each story being vastly different. And by saying that, I frame that around the girl if, who died if there and is, the woman who lived becomes the fourth and, yeah, uh, fifth and sixth parts of this story. And so, well, first and sixth parts of this story. And so – if when they you, do a volume two, I want to see from the four woman who fresh lived, new stories from the woman who lived yeah, to face sure, the raven. Absolutely, show that me would, her setting yeah. up the traps. That would be great. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to see her set up traps. Well, I don't want. I don't want the stories direction. to bridge. I want the stories to develop character. I don't want the stories to get from point A to point B narratively. I don't want that. And so I'm glad that this wasn't ended up being mm-hmm. her lion friend. I'm okay with a nod at the end. But I don't want it to be the crux of the story. So. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I, I, I came down on the. I, I couldn't decide honestly if because we we talked a little bit after um, the finale. Hellbent. Hellbent. Uh, yeah. That is it. Hellbent or Heaven Sent? Hellbent. That she, that she shows back up in, whichever the finale was. Um, my brain. That, um, you know, and so she goes off and, we, we, you know, she's got Clara and a TARDIS and zooming around, blah, blah, blah. And, and so we, we talked just a little bit about, you know, do we want to see more more Shielder? And I, I was torn because part of me was like, yeah, I, I think that'd be kind of cool. I don't want a whole series. I don't want to, but, but, you know, a big finish or a book or something like that. Now that I've had this, I don't know that I want more. I think it was just enough. I don't even know that I want a volume two. I think it was just enough to kind of fill in some of the gaps for me. And, and you know, give me a little bit broader of a paintbrush. And it's like, yeah, okay, I think I'm good. If they do a volume two, I'd be curious to read it, especially if it is set between the woman who lived 
and face the Raven. I agree with Glenn. I don't necessarily want it to explicitly to tie in. Connect. I want it to be the way this one is, where it's just kind of here's some loose stories that happened in the in-between time that maybe will make me like face the Raven more. Yeah. <laughs> Character building, yeah. Because I really didn't like that one either. So as as long as they do it that way, maybe I'd be okay with it. But at the same time, I'm with I you. think I'm good. I'm with you. It's it, I, But I think it's more of a, it's not that I don't want more. It's now I know I don't need more. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a better way to put it. that. Yeah. Cool. I'm just glad it wasn't Story or Martha. It definitely was not Story of Martha, and I was concerned going into it. it I'm glad you brought that up because that is the, that this is this Story is of Martha done with, right. Yes, exactly. This is Story of Martha done right. Um, what are we coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, this was the the, the first of the uh, the Traveling the Vortex book club Goodreads book club selections for this year, which we all read oh, in January. Or I've, got, I've got a review from the Goodreads book club. Oh, let's, you, oh yeah, let's that. do that. Uh, Holly wrote, overall, I enjoyed the book. A couple of the stories were better than others, but it did give me a little more insight into why Ashila was acting the way she was when she met the doctor at the tail end of Series 9. Ben also writes, "Uh, it was okay, but not great. It's divided into four parts. I wasn't impressed with the first part, to be honest. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't that good. The other parts got better, though. By the end, I was enjoying it enough to leave a de- leave it a decent review. And those are pretty much most of the reviews other than Glenn's and Sean saying I finished it. We'll listen to find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lazy man's way to review. At least I gave him a taste of what I was thinking. Um, oh, well, now that we've talked about it, I'll go back because I didn't want to tip my hand. I believe those threads are, are left open. So if they you're are. still reading that or you plan to read that in the future, we'd like to hear more from you. In so fact, Amanda please. posted uh, end of the month and said that she was still – she got to a late start and was still working on it. So, so please continue not- to add those and we'll try to revisit that and see and maybe add some more reviews to that as well. And a reminder that the uh, Goodreads Book Club of February, say it for me because I can't pronounce it. I think it's the Drosten's Curse. The Drosten's Curse. Yeah, or Drosten's. Drosten's, I believe. Um, which we will be reviewing. That's the February book, so you have through the end of this month to read it, and we will be reviewing that on the podcast in March. And that's the way we're going to uh, uh, incorporate some of the Goodreads stuff um, for this year. So hopefully you, you enjoyed that, and this will help tie into that a little bit better. Um, um, Spoilers. I liked it. <laughs> I'm only I'm about almost at the halfway point. Have you started it? I haven't yet? Started. You haven't started yet? You got time. I plowed through <clears throat> it. It was I tend to captivating. When I when I start reading a book, I tend to dive into it, so I want to make sure I'm closer to the yeah. review date. <clears throat> um well next week, uh for uh, Friday night who, we're going to do The Girl in the Fireplace. And then, uh, because we've already reviewed that story, we're going to do some more books. We're going to do our uh, review of the Lethbridge-Stewart short, The Dogs of War, and our spoiler-filled book review, Lethbridge-Stewart, Mutually Assured Domination, by Nick Walters. Uh, so we'll uh, be talking uh, uh, that. And, we, we again, we've kind of reviewed the book a little bit in the uh, pre-spoiler uh, realm since we got the advanced copies, but now that it's out and everybody should have had a chance to read it, we're really going to dive into it. We're also going to do a catch-up of the Titan Comics with the Tenth Doctor, uh, which I believe we left off on issue 10, so we'll do 11 through 15, which should finish out season one, is what they're calling it on the, on the, on the Titan front. Uh, so you can be prepared for some more literary work. Uh, and I was a little late posting the schedule, so I'm going to go a little bit further out. 
we are going to be watching the fifth Doctor Peter Davison story. Is it Frontios? Is that how it's pronounced? This is one I've never seen, so it's completely new to me. Uh, on uh, the first weekend of March for Friday Night It's Who. been a long time since I've seen it, so I'll and, be coming at it pretty fresh. Uh, then that we'll have our review, which we've never we've never reviewed that one on the show, so we'll be reviewing Frontios. And unfortunately, um, this may be a tough one for people to find, because apparently it's also slipped into moratorium, and it's not available. At least on DVD. It is at least on DVD. iTunes. It is still available on iTunes, yes. So... Um, so there is that, and then we'll do the Hand of Fear the week after that for Friday Night Who, uh, which will set up the next book club review. So you've got, I guess, two weeks uh, for for the Drostens Curse by A.L. Kennedy. And I suppose we'll go one more out uh, after that. We're going to do the Day of the Doctor because we always love doing Day of the Doctor. Um, <laughs> I finally own that on Blu-ray, so yeah. you can actually watch it on Blu-ray. Um, but then uh, the reason we're doing Day of the Doctor is because our traveling the vortex for that week number two seventy three is Beyond the Doctor. John Hurt, uh, which we will be watching 1984, is what we've decided for, for that one. So if you, uh, you know, have I, I that checked, one. he's in that. <laughs> is he in it a lot? He's in it a lot. Is he in it more than Sylvester McCoy was in Dracula? Well, that's like saying there's more water in that fish tank than there is in a little tiny droplet of water. <laughs> We have it on good authority that there is some, <laughs> so, so, some pretty massive John Hurt in 1984. Um, and we decided, this is one that we've not, none of the three of us have seen this one, right? Uh, no, I have yeah. That's okay. why so, I wanted to do this. I've read the book, but I've never, okay. I've never seen the film. I've, I've meant to watch the film for years. So it's, it's, it'll be new to all three of us. But, have uh, you read the book? I've not read the book. I might try to pick up the book and read it before. I might try to, too. It's a challenge. It's one if you're I've, reading other things, to. put everything else down. It's a challenge. It really is. Now, Maybe I'll read it after I watch the movie. That's how I, that's how I tend to do things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little trepidatious about the movie. I want to see it, and I want to see John Hurt's performance in it. But knowing what I know of the book, I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> I really have no idea how it was translated into a film. It's a challenge to read. It really is. It's, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more without spoiling the book. Although the movie should do that. But <laughs> I'll elaborate a little bit more when we review 1984. Okay. So that'll be our Beyond the Doctor. And then wrapping things up in March is Terror of the Vervoids for Friday Night Who on the 25th. Uh, and then we'll be doing Big Finish number 68, Catch 1782. And then we'll be uh, <laughs> finishing off the, uh, the, the, the Titan Comics 12th Doctor series 1 with 11 through 15 uh, for that podcast. Uh, and that's kind of as far as out as we've gotten. Well. Twelve. Are we done with eleven? Yes. yes. We did finish for season one. We did finish because he was the first one out, so we, we, we did one. get through him. Gotcha. Um, and then I think we'll actually be done with the Titan season one season comics. one <laughs> issues, we'll which be would be kind of nice. Series two, yeah. and we'll be ready to move into season two, and, and hopefully eventually uh, eighth Doctor, the eighth and ninth Doctor miniseries. We did the well, ninth. We have ninth. Ninth. ninth is yeah. done. Yeah. Eighth Doctor miniseries. Now we're just waiting for ninth Doctor. Fourth Doctor one should be starting at that point. Yeah. So, but I don't know what we'll, well, we'll let you know more as, as, as we get there. So we often keep you informed, listener. We, we will try to. <laughs> so that is that as far as scheduling goes. Well, if you want to support this podcast, be sure to be a Patreon uh, supporter and subscriber. Um, that uh, does uh, help us tremendously. If you're already a supporter, we thank you. And if you're not a supporter yet, please consider joining uh, Patreon and supporting our podcast because uh, every bit of uh, Money that you uh, pledge to us goes straight back into this show, and we still haven't done. We still haven't scheduled our pledge show. We need to do that. 
We should do that. Do that. We'll put that in the next programming <laughs> block. If uh, Patreon's not Wind your sweeps. If Patreon's not your pleasure and you prefer to get just a little bit more than just a good podcast out of your uh, support <laughs> and you like to buy products from uh, either Entertainment Earth or Amazon.com, please consider going to the links on our website. Uh, a portion, a minor portion of those proceeds do come back to this show and uh, help us also support it. Uh, you can find us on the various forms of social media, which include Facebook, Traveling the Vortex, Twitter, at Travel Vortex. We are on the Goodreads Book Club, of course. We are on Tumblr and uh, Google Plus. Are we on Pinterest? Uh, do we do we have a Pinterest, Glenn? No, we don't have a Pinterest. We have an Instagram. We have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram and a Periscope and a. Yeah, you have a Twitter. You pretty much have a Periscope. They're so <laughs> they're joined now. So. Oh, are they? Yeah, for the most part. Ah, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. And thanks for listening. I was late. <laughs> it's the drugs. It's the drugs. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.